We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The Bucks won a f***ing NBA championship. Yeah! What? What? He tries to take a pulse, baby. Watching that basketball game, like, caused health problems for me. Boogie hates racism and Chris Paul. And who cannot get on board with that platform? If I've learned a lot, this, I, I'm not going to say it. That sounds too good. No, roll. Uh, roll no, 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 no. <laughs> if the Bucks do win it all, Pat Connaughton's numbers should be in the rafters. Hey there. Welcome to the Eurostep, a Milwaukee Bucks podcast, probably a part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network and GSPN. And I just want to say, GSPN, home of some fantastic Milwaukee Brewers, Green Bay Packers content, we've been letting you know. Go check out Cruising for a Bruising and Talk of the Tundra. But let me be clear. Let me be clear. That's a meme. Um, I forget what it's from. Anyway, we're still going to be here, Eurostep and winning six, covering the Milwaukee Bucks all offseason. I mean, we think it's going to be quite an eventful offseason. I, I just I don't want anyone to think that we're not going to be bringing the Bucks coverage every single week, probably multiple times a week, because we will. I am Ty Windish, one of the four people doing that, joined by another one of the four, my fantastic co-host, Rohan Kadi here at the Eurostep. Rohan, how's it going, sir? It feels weird to be in off-season mode. Yeah. It feels really weird. <laughs> like, yeah. it's still, it's still, like, we're recording before the first round is even over. Yeah. <laughs> like, Game 7 of Kings Warriors is going to happen as we're recording this, and it's, it's weird, Ty, but we're here. Literally, as we record... Everyone is kind of freaking out during heat heat nicks. Like, oh, are the heat just good? And it's like, yeah. Did you did you not see the first round? I mean, it was a Bucks collapse, and we're going to cover that collapse at least one more time here today with a new tradition uh, here at the Eurostep. But yeah, they're pretty good, pretty hard to beat team, very resilient. But what we're here to do is determine Bucks stock market playoff valuation. So we've never done this before. If you're not aware at all. You can find all this as well as links to all of our stuff at gspn.info, including the Buck stock market. But every regular season game, we determine stock results for the Bucks players and coaches and executives, etc. That, you know, an up stock or more than one up stock is good. A down stock or more than one down stock is bad. We take into account what we expect from those players, thus their total. We do a... Um, what, what was the thing we did before the season? Now I can't. Uh, an, I, an IPO. IPO. Thank you. To determine this, it's a very fun way. It's our way of bringing post-game coverage for every game, even though we don't do a podcast every single game these days. We do for the playoffs. We don't do stocks. But we decided let's go back through the series and assign those stock values retroactively, not game by game, 
but just for the series as a whole to kind of give that extra evaluation of every Bucks player uh, from the series. I think I capped mine at at least 10 minutes per game or 10 total minutes, Rohan. I'm guessing you probably did the same. I think Marjan Bochamp, the Nasus Atetokounmpo, Myers Leonard, Goran Dragic all played less than that. Not enough to have, you know, they're all no movement from us. You can you can expect that. And before we get into the, the results, um, I, I didn't evaluate Mike Budenholzer on this metric. Uh, usually we would, but uh, as The Athletic and others reported, Darvin Ham actually first shared the news over the weekend. Um, Budenholzer lost his brother right before game one of the Bucks Heat it series. It was before game four? I thought so. Um, I have the athletic up. Oh, no, you're right. Before game four, excuse me. Before game four of the series. So, obviously, game four and five were the, the two worst games for the Bucks. Also, Bud was going through an atrocious time as well, off the court entirely. Um, you know, I think there's obviously been a bunch of coaching dialogue already about what went wrong for the Bucks, about if they may need to make a coaching change, all of these things. We're just going to take some time off of that. Um, I think it's really the least we can do, given... It's already. I already felt for Bud, given you know his performance and how upset people get, how mad fans get about coaching, how mad analysts have even gotten about coaching, and some of the nasty things said. Um, and now, of course, with this news as well, it, it's really a maelstrom. So um, I think we'll we'll get to all of those convos. We'll, as you said, Rohan, we have an unfortunately long off season to do so, but we're just going to set that aside for now. Um, just out of respect and and trying to give some time on that on that matter. And I would encourage all of you to do the same. Yeah. Yeah, hundred percent. So and of course we uh, at the Eurostep at GSPN wish wish Mike Budenholzer the best. You know, this is yeah. much bigger than basketball. Life is more important and um at the end of the day, we all want the best for Bud, um, regardless of, you know, where he's coaching at in the future, whatever, like all, all accounts are. He's a fantastic human being. Certainly doesn't deserve to go through this. No one does. So uh, all the best to Bud. Um, really, really hoping that everything ends up okay over there. So with that out of the way and, and coaching set aside, Rohan, how do you want to start this? I kind of just went through in a somewhat random order. Do you want to just trade, you know, picking a player to discuss? What are, what are your thoughts for how we should proceed? Oh, and did, yeah, I say, I think- did, did I say the parameter yet? I mean, sort of. Between four and minus four is is where we came in. Um, I did not have any that were up to four, so mine all fell between three and minus three. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> can't say can't say anyone performed the the, the max performance in that series no. whatsoever. No. Should we Should we start at the top? I'll let I'll let you go first, but we should probably start with Giannis. I'm fine starting with Giannis. I, I think this actually probably won't take as long as it typically would. Of course, we didn't see as much Giannis. Barely played in game one. I didn't think it was even really, you know, eval worthy. Comes back for four and five. The Bucks lose both of those games. Giannis was phenomenal early in game five and then really bad late in game five. I ended I I almost was no valuation, to be honest, but ended up at minus one. I just thought the way he played late in game five, with it being an elimination game at home, meant that he couldn't be a no eval or no valuation or a positive. I didn't want to take a ton of points off, though, because I didn't think he was horrible throughout the series or anything. You know, he still had whatever it was, 38 and 20 in game five. I mean, they might just get blown out if he doesn't play in that game. So 
Uh, I thought minus one. It was worse than I expected from Giannis on the whole, but the sample size was basically two games, and it's not like he was atrocious. He ended on a sour note, um, and that really is probably the biggest reason I went that way. Yeah, minus one, I think is fair, because like you mentioned, we don't have a large sample size. And was he was he bad at moments? Yes. Yeah. Was he absolutely electric at moments? Yes. Was yeah. he hurt? Yes. Yeah. Like All of these things need to be taken into consideration. And at the end of the day, I think it's fair to say that he is a negative in that in the stock market because it wasn't his best. It wasn't his best playoff series by far. We know he was hurt. We have to take that into consideration. However, he did play. Yeah. Yeah. He did play. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I think I'm glad you said it. I, I guess I alluded to, but didn't outright say he was clearly playing through the back injury um, and it was noticeable more so in four than five, but I'm sure it didn't just go away in two days after a full game of basketball two days ago. So yeah, I think even given the context, you know, just the way game five went just wasn't good enough. And game four, I thought was just fine. So I think minus one works for Giannis. Reminder, as with regular season games, the bar for Giannis is ungodly high because we think he's the best player in the world. And, you know, he's he's the pods named after him, all these things. So um, minus one is not a, a... I mean, it could be named after Thanasis. We've seen him that's do true. stuff before. Yorgos Kalidzikis. I mean, there's that's pretty unlimited the options. After. Yeah. yeah. Let's, let's get it's this... named after Alex. That could be named after Alex. Maybe Costas will come eventually. I'm still hoping. Be a fun backup center. Anyway, I want to get this one over with. I think it's probably the most... The mo- the biggest long-term takeaway, I think, has to do with this player from the series. Drew Holiday. Minus four. I did minus three. I did minus four. It was I think despicable. minus four it was is atrocious. fair. It was atrocious. It was, it, was, it was awful. It was one of the most worst playoff series I've ever seen from a Bucks point guard, and we watched Eric Bledsoe for years. Like, not only yeah. is he being, like, a not like a liability on the offensive end, he's just giving buckets on the defensive end. Like, sure, he's trying. It's not working at all. Uh, like, nothing he was doing was actually worth a damn in mm. either set, in either facet of the game, offensively or defensively. Like, sure, he did a cool step back three, like, in the fourth quarter. It's like, cool, you went one for 20 before that. It's like, you're still you're still at two for 20. I mean, obviously, that's hyperbolic, but you, yeah. you understand what it's I'm trying to say. It's not that far off, yeah. I'm I'm honestly I'm still upset about it. Like it's it's a minus four for me, pretty comfortably. Uh, I want us to come to consensus on these. I thought he was de- I thought he was okay in the first two games, but then At a what? lot worse after that. Passing, he had like a thirteen assist game. I mean, sure. What, what was he in game two? What was he in the win? I, I'm going to look up that game specifically. Yeah, I, you know what? I was thinking about this the, uh, today, Ty. I'm glad I went to the only game they won. <laughs> yeah, they should have gotten you out there for more. I would have said Jordan, but that didn't work so well. He was good in the win. 10 for 19 from the field, 4 for 10 from 3, 11 assists, team high plus cool. 28. His best game is like what would be considered like average? I mean, 24 and 11 is a pretty good game for Drew Holiday. It's not like average. He, it's above on, average. That's an, he's, he's an all-star. Like, he averaged around, tw- like, 20 and 10. He did not average around 20 and 10. He averaged tw- he averaged 19 and 7. That's close enough. That's, that's a big difference in assists. I'll, I'll, co- I'll track these. I'm just upset, Ty. I'm upset with Drew Holiday. I'm very upset with Drew Holiday. Mm. But we also have to take into consideration, he was the second highest valued player on the stock market. Yeah. All right. All right. Minus four. I'll, I'll acquiesce to you on this one. And that is, 
I, I, I thought of it coming in like he was supposed to be the Bucks' second best player, right? Because Chris, who will probably get to next, the injuries all along. We didn't know really what we were going to get from Chris by and large. Drew had to be the guy he was for the regular season, but for the third straight postseason, his offense was the worst in the starting five. Dropped he was off. the worst player in the starting five. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Minus four. You're still more upset than I am. I'm just like, I don't know, sad. I mean, sad, but sure. I mean, like, I like it, you though. mentioned when we're when we're getting into it, this is the player that has the biggest long term takeaways for us, because the Bucks, like, they're they're tied to the score, and like, let's just talk about Chris Middleton now. Let's yeah. Get, let, let's transition into that because all regular season we were always thinking, oh man, Drew's taking the mantle. Drew's taking the mantle. He did in the regular season. He did take the mantle. He was the Bucks' second best player, like you mentioned. That was not the case in the postseason. No, not at all. Chris Middleton rose to the occasion. Was he the Bucks' second best player in the postseason? Debatable, I but he was he higher was, than Drew Holiday. I think he might have been their first best player in the postseason. No, uh, it wasn't a perfect series from him. The defense is obviously a question. Um, I'll go through some lines quickly. So Giannis was twenty three, eleven, and five, and again, that's brought down by only playing a little bit of game one. Drew was seventeen, six, eight assists, um, and then Chris. Led the Bucks in scoring in the playoffs, 23.8 points per game, 6.4 rebounds, 6.2 assists. So, you know, a good defensive team in Miami, didn't have Giannis for half the series. Chris was still nearly 24-6-6. Six six. That's like a really good series for a healthy Chris. I mean, that's, that's yeah. good. 46% from the field, 30% from deep, 86% from free throw. And he got there 30 times over the course of the series, which is only one less than Giannis. The defense was bad. They need to figure out ways to hide him better defensively. They need to give him better matchups like Max Struess and Duncan Robinson were nightmares. Offensively, he was their best and most consistent player. And I'd say the closest one might not even have been Giannis. No, I think the closest was Brooke, but we'll get yeah, into that. Yeah. Um, but Chris, like you, like you mentioned, he he answered the call offensively. He He stepped up when they needed him to step up. And this guy's on like one knee. Yeah, seriously. He's on one knee like a, a shell of himself physically, and he's still out there out getting buckets and performing way better than someone who has made the All-Star team this year. Yeah. Where did you have him as? I had him as a plus two. I also had him as a plus two. The defense was too bad for it to be higher. Yes. But I just feel like, like I can live with that given the offense from almost – actually, you know what was depressing looking through this? Everything? A, yeah. A lot of players shot well from three. Like, it wasn't the normal Bucks. like, oh, it's just, you know, everyone shot 28%. And that's why, like, a lot of guys shot positive. I mean, Drew Holiday very much did not and probably tanked the team average by himself. But they had one, two, three, four, five, six of the players we're going to talk about out of 11 shot 40% or higher from three. Like, they wasted good shooting for once. Yep, they did. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is depressing, Ty. Uh, but Chris Middleton's performance was not, and no, it was, really... not. It, was a, it was a good sign going forward, especially because Chris is a guy like we're going to talk about big decisions coming up this yes. offseason. So it was great to see him uh, actually perform well when the games mattered the most, especially going into a summer of fun contract decisions. And I need to look this up more, and I will as we get closer to the real moves happening. I mean, we have a lot of – there's already rumors about Jalen Green potentially being on the market for a star and the Rockets' interest in Chris. Like, there's going to be a lot for us to talk about. I think we're probably going to go into full, like, blogger hashtag trade rumors season at some point. Not quite yet. We still have some hoop we can discuss here. Um, but I, I was – I think the CBA makes it easier to extend a player who opts in to a player option at less money, which normally you couldn't do. Or maybe he can opt out and sign that way. Like there's some change that relaxed that that specific mechanism, which could certainly come into play with Chris Middleton. I, I hope he's on the team next year and beyond because I, I truly think giving him his normal offseason now that he's going into an offseason without some injury, which was not the case last year, I think he'll be able to get through his offseason, go through his normal routine, and avoid this horrible delayed ramp-up thing that kept happening last season to him. I think we might see an even better Chris this year than we did last year. I really believe that. And also, selfishly, I think I'll just always want Chris and Giannis around. So I think Chris certainly picked up his estimation in the eyes of us and should be pretty much any Bucks fan. I think Chris should be on the team next year for sure. Obviously, there's a lot to consider in terms of moves and getting younger, that sort of thing. But Chris was Chris was great. So um I, offensively was, at least. He was. He he showed up and it's like it's you mentioned he'll probably have a better season next season than this past. It's it's a low bar. It's true. Yeah. Uh, it's, a, it's a very low yeah. bar uh, considering this guy is a three time all star. How about this? He could have a better playoffs next year than he had playoffs I, this year. That's, that's a different that's level. fair. Yeah. And we know this guy is a constant playoff riser. Yes. Like, we've seen it. We've seen it time in, time out. And it's just, it's like, I'm still upset about Drew Holiday, man. Yeah. I'm still upset. We've seen this for, what, seven straight years of Bucks point guards? Yeah. They ne- they should have given Brandon Knight a chance. He could have been our one. I think Brandon Knight would have been a playoff hooper. Yeah. I'm, you don't need to convince me about Brandon Knight, man. Okay. I'll save I'm it on for your Adam. side. I'll save it for Adam. I'm on your side with that one. Speaking What's of Tyler Adam, Ennis doing these days? Um, maybe matchmaking. That's what we know him as being most effective at. Do you remember that story what? from Mirren's book? Oh, yep. yep 99% yep. sure Tyler Ennis introduced Giannis and Mariah. 99% mm-hmm. sure, without looking. I think it was Tyler Ennis, yeah. Yeah, so that is his, the most gifted skill we've seen from Tyler Ennis. Speaking of Adam McGee, let's go to something Adam would like. Brooke Lopez. So I found this one actually very difficult because statistically, you could give Brooke a plus four. Let me just read this. I didn't realize the numbers looked like this. I looked at the numbers and I adjusted what I had him at. 19 points, second on the team. 
6.4 rebounds, which is tied for third or tied for fourth, I believe. 1.2 assists. Yeah, it's Brooke Lopez. He had a total of 16 stocks, seven steals, nine blocks, which means that's like almost four stocks per game. Shot 58% from the field, 41% from three, 77% from the stripe against the Heat. Despite those numbers being phenomenal, I went plus two. I went plus two as well. The defense was not, despite the stock numbers being gaudy, he had some great moments. It was not as impactful, especially against Jimmy Butler, as we would have expected. Maybe and plus I, the plus the deep drop as well. Maybe that's not his fault, but like, come on. I don't Maybe know. I'm, I'm kind of thinking it should be plus three, though. Because I don't think he was bad. I just think he wasn't able to take away Jimmy Butler, which nobody on the team was. Also, third third highest stock valuation. But he was good. Sophie's making an appearance for YouTube viewers. If, yeah, I was going to say, if you're not watching on YouTube, you need She's to pissed. right now. She heard a noise. She wants to go bark at it. Go on. Be free. But I'm thinking maybe plus three for Brooke. It, yeah, it might be. He was a, he was a playoff riser. The, 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 the stocks regular season are what they are. I don't think anyone expected 19 a game from Brooke with Giannis going down. Like, he really did step up. And I bless you, Rohan. Uh, YouTube watchers are just you. getting a whole treat. If if you were allergic to dogs, that would be like a wild like. <laughs> did did Dander just go through Zoom? Um, what a crazy coincidence! But I I just think I uh, while Brooke wasn't as impactful defensively, he wasn't bad defensively. I don't. No, think. that's fair. That's fair. I, I mean, mean, to be fair, Jimmy was destroying him at the rim. Yeah. Like he was. Kind of ridiculous how well Jimmy Butler was doing at the rim against Brooke Lopez. He was above 70% at one point in the series. I want to see – I want. I need full series net ratings. I'm just interested to see how that looked. I'm going to look that up quick. But, yeah, it's it's tough when it comes to that because, like we mentioned, the, the defense wasn't the best from Brooke Lopez. How I, and, like I mentioned, Jimmy was, Jimmy was doing whatever he wanted to to Brooke Lopez. And if we're going to hold that against Drew, we need to hold that against Jimmy Butler as well. I mean, uh, Brooke Lopez as well. Ooh, they got torched in his minutes. Yeah, they did. They actually won Drew's minutes, which seems impossible. It makes Barely. me hate plus minus. Barely, yeah. Chris had the best net rating on the team, which is not surprising. No, that's not surprising at all. But I think I think plus two is probably fair, honestly. Yeah, I'll give up the plus three push. I originally had plus one because my thought from just like thinking about it and assigning them before I dug in was the defense wasn't as impactful but he wasn't bad overall, so I'll just say plus one. I think the offense was good enough to justify plus two, even if defensively, you know, it was good by Brooke. It was, I'd say it was like probably below what you would expect from Brooke Lopez. Not bad, but not not changing the series defensively. So yeah, I, I think I think plus two is fair. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, who should we go to next? Your son. The yeah, last my starter. son, Grace Grayson Allen, who. This is going to get lost to history because the Bucks lost as a one seed. But Grayson Allen had a phenomenal series, in my opinion. I had him as a plus two. So I put plus one. I I think you could pretty easily convince me, though. Sell me on Grayson Allen. Sell me this pen. Sell me on Grayson Allen plus two. So Grayson Allen not only was like, sure, he had his shooting struggles at times during the series who didn't. Uh However, he was doing all the things he needed to do. He was playing defense. Like he was like when Chris Middleton 
was struggling to chase guys around screens. They they switched that up to having Grayson Allen do that. And once they did that, the Bucks kind of took that away from Miami. Like they he was doing a good job at sort of navigating screens, getting around screens, staying attached to guys like Duncan Robinson and Max Struess. Like Grayson Allen was actually like he was def- he was putting in maximum effort. Yeah. And like doing well. And that's been always like the one knock on Grayson, right? Is like defense. He locked in on defense. He was making the hustle plays. He was getting some steals. There was like a, a, a moment in game five where it's like Grayson Allen himself went on a run. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, yeah, you need these type of moments from your role players and a, to be able to succeed. And Pat had his moments too. We'll talk to, we'll talk about Pat later. But I thought Grayson did a great job of finding his spots and sort of like being a guy who could be consistently relied upon. Like he was not getting played off the floor at all in the series. The Heat could not hunt him on defense and like he was showing up on the offensive side of the floor, which is why I went plus two. Like it wasn't, it wasn't like incredibly like a, an incredible performance from Grayson Allen, but it was good. It was solid. Like he was a difference maker for the Bucks. I think he got me. I think he just he did what they needed him to do, and that that's impressive versus like the last time we saw Grayson in the playoffs. Scored nearly twelve a game, added in two and a half rebounds, nearly two assists. Shot a couple of t- tap outs for offensive rebounds as well. Like that's yeah. something he was really like he doesn't get credit for it because he's just tapping the ball. But all season long, the Bucks had their guards tap out for offensive rebounds. And the guy who had the most success with that was Grace Now. Was able to play 30 minutes a game, which speaks to not getting played off the floor. I mean, that's a lot of minutes for Grayson, um, for any for any context. Forty eight. Especially with the with three. the with the Bucks having a deep wing the supposedly yeah. deep uh, yeah, we'll, we'll get deep there. wing rotation. Mid more threes than any other player on the team, despite only taking – it was 14 for 29. Yeah, he was effective. I mean, he couldn't keep up with Hero, but obviously, you know, Tyler Hero ends up getting hurt game one, and that doesn't end up mattering as much. I'll move it up to plus two. I, I think versus expectations, this was an impressive performance, and, you know, uh, not no player is super safe, I think, outside of Giannis. But uh, if Grayson's again on the team next year – it's not something I'd be worried about. Uh, I'd feel pretty good about it. You know, maybe he's either like the fifth starter or the sixth man. Like he's probably not someone who's going to close all the time. But taking that into consideration, I think he's a pretty good option to be like your sixth most important player or seventh most important player on your team. Like that's, I think, pretty good. And he lived up to that in this series. That's for sure. And if we're talking about expectations, think about the last time we saw Grayson yeah. Allen in the playoffs. Looked like a different player than that guy for sure. Looked looked a lot more, even with the similar context of Giannis missing time, right? Like it's not like he wasn't in that perfect situation we said we wanted to see from him where he's out there with like two of the big three all the time and there's less pressure. Maybe they asked him to do a little less. I mean, he didn't have the ball in his hands too much, but he was able to be effective nonetheless. So I think plus two is fair for Grayson Allen. Um, okay. Where should we go next? Pat counted it. Yeah, that's fair. I had plus three. Plus three? I had plus two for sort of the same reasons, but I convince me of the plus three because I'm easily convinced. Well, I versus expectations was part of it, and Pat was on a declining run, one of the longest downstreak runs in the Bucks stock market this past season. Just really wasn't good toward the end of the year. Lost his rotational role. Yeah, we saw the playoff rotation against Boston, Philly, and then game one, Miami. Didn't include Pat at all, and he scrapped back for some minutes game two and immediately was that guy again who was making plays even when he wasn't shooting the ball well in some games, probably only one game, but he did shoot the ball well overall. 
56% from the field. 56% from the field. That's a ridiculous number. That is... Uh, is that first among actual players? Oh, no. Brooke Lopez with 58%. So yeah. higher than Giannis, lower than Brooke. Marjan was 66% in uh, five minutes. Hashtag soon. But really effective scoring the ball from two and three. 47% from deep. 75% of his free throws. Um, seven to two assist turnovers. Five rebounds a game. I, I just think Pat is still nails. He's still such a winning player. And whereas maybe it would have been plus two because it's not like he swung the series by himself, although he did make a big difference in game two when the Bucks did seem to finally take some momentum. Um, Pat did like, I think the expectations is what changes it one even more for me. And I think overall he was a little better than Grayson, even though Grayson was very good. Like Pat scored 12 points per game. He played eight less minutes than Grayson. So he was really productive when he was out there. He probably should have played more, but I'm not going to hold that against him because it's not like his level of play was the reason his minutes were low. Like he clearly should have been playing more throughout the series. Um, And I think it's just very encouraging to see him back at this level again. Yeah, that's fair. I think that's 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 a fair argument. I I mean, yeah, I think the expectations is what really puts him at a plus three. Yeah. Uh, Considering like like you had mentioned, he was just on such a massive down streak, and we were okay with that. We were absolutely okay with that, considering we thought the Bucks had a had a gluttonous wing rotation, which I'm still upset about. But we'll get into. But yeah, I think plus three is fair. Pat Connison is nails, like you said, and uh, yeah. Yep. If only there were. We're running out of good things to talk about. So I have one more plus. Do you want to go through some minuses so we don't we don't have to go through like four straight to end this? Sure. Let's talk about the let's talk about the most negative. Left. Yeah. Yeah. Most oh, negative I, left. Yeah. You'll have to talk me down one more. I have minus three on Jay Crowder. Minus three. Okay. Let's talk about him. Because I have, have Jay Crowder at minus four. I I don't even think he got enough of a chance to get minus four. Okay, that's fair. That's my whole thing. Like he was bad. Don't get me wrong. Like he was. He not was good the in worst the player in the series. Yes, hundred percent. But he only got forty one minutes. And in those forty one minutes, he was the worst player yeah, on the court. I agree. Shot twenty three percent from the field, zero percent from three. Got back cut to death on def- defense. Didn't make a difference defending on or off ball. I mean, a negative difference was what's all he made. His, what's his purpose here? Play like play like you know you normally play, Jay Crowder. How about that? I mean, he fired up shots too. He took thirteen shots in forty-one minutes. That's a lot of shots. Um, probably should have taken less shots. Missed almost all of them. There was a point. Was that game three when he missed the floater and it totally turned yep. the game? It the Bucks had the, cut it to the, like seven, and it would have been five. Seven, I think. It would have been a five point game, yeah. And then they come back and hit a three after he misses a floater from like three feet away. It wasn't even a floater, Ty. It's, it's a, like layup. a layup. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it technically was a floater, but it's like a little bunny. It's a bunny. Like, yeah. Just put the ball in the damn basket, my guy. Like you, you're you're bought. You can't call yourself boss man nine nine then miss wide open bunnies, and then get DMPs. Like you, yeah. you're. You're, I don't even know. What's what's the opposite employee of boss man? man? Employee man zero zero. Employee boy zero zero. <laughs> employee. He said he, he said he would come back, which I find fascinating. I wonder if he that's... said he likes he loves the guys, but it's yeah. also probably him saying I can't disparage this team. <laughs> well, also it's probably him realizing how bird rights work and going like, well, you know, it's MLE or this probably. 
Yeah, it's 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 Guangdong or this. I, like, I don't know like, if he's going to be back. That was pretty bad on all fronts. Um, I don't know if either side is really interested, despite what he said. It's nice that you know he enjoyed the the locker room atmosphere and everything, but he's just bad. I mean, he got to the line. He got drew. a lot of time in the locker room. Yes. He he got to spend a lot of time talking to his guys on the bench. Yes. Um, I it just it sucks. He just really played poorly in those forty one minutes. I thought it was the right choice to not play him more than that. Um, but I'm not giving him the full minus four because like he wasn't a factor in the two games that mattered the most in the series. And I just think for that reason, like I I don't know if he cost he may have cost them game three to some extent, but they also weren't good enough. Like if we're comparing him to all time failure pickups, I think Miritich was worse just because he had the opportunity to play more and was like totally killing them. I don't think Jay is the reason that they lost. Again, you could maybe say game three where he totally biffed that layup and it turned the game. They might have lost that game anyway. Um, They obviously won game two. I don't think he was the reason they lost game one. Um, So I'm just going to go minus three because like I think I think you can look at Drew and say him playing this way is why they lost multiple games. I think that's fair. Maybe it's extreme, but I think it's fair. I don't think the same of Jay. So although I was very disappointed, I'm going minus three. If he had played a lot in game four and five and been bad, maybe I'll go minus four. I think the Bucks protected him from that to a certain extent. Yeah, I think okay, I think you're right. That's fair. Maybe I'm just upset. That's I'm fair. Just very, I'm just upset. There's gonna, it's gonna like be, I, there's gonna be people who are mad them, both yeah. ways about this one. I had tied my uh, I, I said I was gonna get a custom boss man nine nine jersey tie. Yeah. And then he comes out and does this. Remember, I was gonna get um this poster. It's still on the ground over here <laughs> next to me. What am I gonna do? I still don't know what I'm gonna do with this. No, the question has not been answered. I think we need uh, before training camp starts. We need to have a ritualistic burning. I kind of want to store it so someone can uncover it in a hundred years and be like, "What is this? When was Joe Ingles on the box? Maybe he'll come back. Who knows? Maybe." But um, is that a good segue? Yeah, let's talk about Joey Jingles. This was a hard one to do as well. I said minus one. I said no movement. Mm, Interesting. So, I mean, I don't think he had a good series. He shot the ball well, which was, I think if he didn't, he would have been totally unplayable. Um, He shot 52% from the field, 50% from deep, 10 assists, six turnovers, though, did turn the ball over too much. I just thought... He wasn't given the opportunity to be on the ball, which is where his value lies. And that didn't allow him to show anything off. I don't know if he was a problem. I think he had bad games. He had some big shots as well. He made made his dumb mistakes that he always does. Here's here's my thing about being on the ball. It's fair. It's very fair. I think the best value of Joe Ingles is him having the ball in his hands. And he's shown that in his time with the Bucs, even in this postseason. However, the, the Heat were pressuring the ball so, so much. And Joe Ingles is not nearly athletic enough to like actually put on some dribble moves to actually get get by guys. Yeah, he needs screens. So, that's for sure. They need screens, and it's like that's what you have to match Joe and Brooks' minutes. However, yeah. when you get into a Joe Brook pick and roll, like that is not that is probably the least athletic combination in the league for sure. I mean, I mean, like think on on a given team. Give it. I can think of like. I don't know, DJ Augustine, Udonis Haslam. I, I think it has them too. I was like, Miami <laughs> might have one to rival this, to be honest. But they don't have the point guard on their team. Is that no less athletic? Uh, I'm trying to think. No, I, I I can't think of it. Like, it's UD. Is the, he's got to be the screener. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, it's it's hard to Kevin Love UD pick and roll. Yeah, that'd be pretty. They went to the. I mean, they didn't go to that. They went to Kevin Love Bam pick and roll. Kevin Love UD pick and roll might be the might rival it. I hear Kevin Love is like slinging outlet passes and playing well against the the Knicks. The Heat won. I mean, they they won. They win game one. Yeah, that's I hate that. Apparently, Jimmy turned his ankle. What happened? Jimmy turned his ankle, and they still won. Yep. So I, I think they're gonna. I think they might. I think they might win the East. To be honest, I mean, uh, Eric Spolstra. I, I have this tweet on my timeline as we're reading this. It's Eric Spolstra's reaction to Jimmy Butler turning his ankle with five minutes left. It's just uh, Spolstra mouthing the F word. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, give him off game two. See what happens. I mean, he'll probably it'll probably take longer. That sucks. I still think they might win the East. They still, yeah, they still might win. The I East. mean, Philly's cooked. Yeah, with and no beads one out do. game one, maybe longer. At least, I'd say at least game one and two. Yikes! Just can we turn off injuries? This it's has been, been such a an terrible playoffs. For Julius Randle didn't play in this game either. Right? No, he did not. Yeah, maybe he's good to go game two. I mean, the Grizzlies lost a ton of guys. Warriors and Kings are relatively healthy for now. I mean, De'Aaron Fox is playing with a broken finger. That's true. All right, never mind. <laughs> I think the Warriors are the most healthy team. Nuggets. Yeah, Nuggets too. Yeah. Anyway, enough playoffs. It's just tough. I mean, the Suns haven't really had many injuries either. Campaign's been out. Oh, true, true. true. And Chris Paul is going to pick up something in the next couple games. I got that guy playing 40 minutes a game. You can only dick punch so many times in 40 minutes per game. (laughs) They got to have a stat. Which which advanced analytics site has that stat? I will pay for it. Um. but Joe Ingles. Joe yeah, yeah. Ingles. Let's determine. Let's determine Jingles here. I said minus one, but I mean, you could convince me of the no movement, but he just made so many dumb mistakes in this series. I think he like, could talk in, me down. Didn't he throw that turnover late too? Yeah, the one to Chris, where yeah. it was the challenge with Kyle Lowry. Yeah. It's like just throw the pass to Chris Middleton. How about yeah. that? Yeah. Uh, uh, which ended which ended up costing the Bucks that game. I mean, it's yeah. one of the factors that cost the Bucks that game. But if you inbound that ball, the Bucks win that game. I, I, although he shot well, I don't think well enough to overcome everything else. And having less than a two to one, not a good defender over, either. Yeah, at bad all. defender. He was a turnstile. Committed some bad fouls um, in the series. Yeah, I'd say minus one. We got to be harsh here, Ty. They lost in five. Yeah, yeah to the, okay, to the, okay. I almost said to the Heat. I mean, I almost said to the Knicks. Oh, so they, to the was heat. the Heat. All right. Um, I believe we have two. Two players left. Three players left. Three players left. Let's talk about. Let's save the best for last out of the remaining guys. Let's do Bobby Portis. Uh, yeah, let's do Bobby. This was. I, I don't know. I almost said no movement. I ended up at minus one. I said no, but convince me. He had one. I thought really good game. He had one okay game, and then I thought concerningly. The same issues he had against Boston cropped up again. Like, I don't know how much of it was just him not getting the touches, but his impact just decreased as the series went on. And I think some of it is defensively. Like, he didn't even look like he was in horrible positions most of the time, but guys just hit shots over him. I don't really know what it is, but they always do. Like, Bobby always gets shots hit right in his face. 27.8% from three, which again, like... Same as the Boston series, like his offense was as much of an issue as his defense. He wasn't he wasn't that reliable presence. I remember I got I got sold a false bill of goods by Marcus Johnson. No disrespect to Marcus, who I'm a big fan of, 
But he was naming the four important Bucks players, and it was with Chris's injury, it was like Giannis, Drew, Brooke, and Bobby, or I think, or maybe it was Bobby over Brooke, something like that. And Bobby has just not been that guy consistently in the playoffs. He had the great Sun series. He had some great moments against the Hawks. Obviously couldn't play against the Nets, couldn't really play against the Celtics, couldn't really play later in this series, wasn't able to to do the switching or keep up with Jimmy. No one could, but I, I think more concerningly, his offensive impact just wasn't enough because the shots just aren't falling like they used to. He had some great success early in the series, but as things tightened up, he was just getting the ball less and, and being able to score less. He shot well overall, so I didn't want to like you know tear him apart. I didn't think he was terrible. Just didn't get that many opportunities and wasn't able to make as much of an impact after the first two games. So I went with minus one. I mean, the defense isn't great and the offense just wasn't consistently there enough for me. Yeah, I think it's I think it's probably minus one. I mean, he just he he, he did have his moments like uh, it, it, it was it was tough. Like he was being put in bad positions to succeed. And it's just a bad matchup for him. Like the Heat are just uber athletic and just bodies. Yeah respectfully not yeah i mean anyone outside of kevin love it was hard to find a good a good place to put him yeah i mean like in game two early on he was feasting and a big yeah. reason why the bucks ended up winning that game is because of bobby portis uh, setting the tone early on and just throughout the game it was it was it was incredible to see bobby perform he just couldn't play later in the series he absolutely couldn't the heat adjusted to it it's yeah i think it's minus one yeah, I mean, you look at game game four, he played 12 minutes and was two for six. Game five, he played almost 17 minutes, was 0 for two. Like, that's five points between two games. He scored nine points on nine shots in game three. So game one, he had 21 and eight. I thought he was very good in the loss. Game two, he was 13, but 15 boards and five assists, which is a career high for him in the playoffs. He had one assist in the other four games combined, like – his impact just wasn't there outside of really those two games. I mean, out after game two, which, again, he was great through two games. He scored 14 points in about 52 minutes, which is just not going to cut it when you're a score first player. I mean, the rebounding was fine. He had 18 boards total, but um, it wasn't enough of an impact. He also fouled out of game three. So, yeah. Minus minus one it is, and here he okay. I think we can get to our, our the most probably confusing player here, Javon. In my opinion, yeah. Okay, well, where where did you end up? Ended up as no movement. I think that's fair. I I am gonna disagree though. Okay. Uh, I think it's close. I think Bobby and he are both close to minus one no movement, uh, and I think Ingles is kind of in that zone. Although we ended up minus one for all of them so far. Um, he just shot the ball really bad. I mean, I think he didn't really have a place to make an impact defensively, and he didn't. Like that was that's Javon's staple, and he just really wasn't able to do it. I think maybe he could have played himself into more minutes if, um, like if Hero was healthy, because that was that was his big matchup, and he didn't really get to do it very often. But in twelve minutes per game, he scored one point three points. He scored less total points than Jay Crowder in the series, which is a problem. Shot 22% from the field and 14% from three. He was two for nine total on shots in the series. Um, most of those were threes. I think he was 
one for two on twos. So it's not like he I mean, was yeah, from against two. against a team like the Heat, who are just like big athletic guys, especially at the wing rotation, he couldn't like, score at the rim he unless he was he wide, can't score wide at the open. rim. And it's um, just tough because I do I do think Javon is a very very valuable player and should be a part of this Bucks team going forward. Like we're all we're all team Javon over here. Yeah, Hope I he's back. Okay. I was I was waiting for your response. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to disagree with you. No, he also he uh, four, four rebounds, four assists, one steal, no turnovers. Also, so not 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 horrible in that department. I think he just regressed too far into not being the offensive like versatile point yeah. guard that we had hoped he wanted to be, and it's tough. Like, this is just a big athletic team, and that's just sort of where a guy like Javon will struggle. He just didn't make enough of an impact. I didn't think he was really a negative in terms of like everything else besides his shooting. But that's, I just thought like that's but that's where that's where it gets you. Yeah, and I, I think I went with minus one because especially because sh- like some of his shot selection too. Yeah, so what the the one pull I think he only took one pull up three and it was really bad. And I said, yeah, it was very. Yeah, I mean, if, it, if he made it, it would have been huge. But he missed it, and people were very upset. I didn't think it was a horrible shot because he's made them all year, but. He missed it, and it, it really cost the Bucks. Um, I, I think it's a minus because he wasn't really able to contribute enough outside of shooting. Like that's what he had to do, and he couldn't. And that basically left him as not being able to contribute anything. Like I saw somebody tweet like, "Oh, I can't believe Javon didn't like a non-Bucks person. Can't believe Javon didn't play much in another series." I was like, "This is entirely different." You go back at Bucks Celtics. Javon was good early in that series and then wasn't able to make an impact later. Javon was not good when he did get to play in this series. So um, I understood him not playing as much as well. And I put minus one because he had an opportunity to come in and make a difference, really wasn't able to do it. Didn't think he was atrocious, like overall as a performer, just the threes didn't fall and there were, really wasn't anything else he could add, which does speak to being a little limited as a player in this series, which is a minus to me. That's fair. And I think considering we've given uh, Jingles and Bobby both a minus one, I think it's fair to give Javon a minus yeah. one as well. Yeah. I mean, uh, it was just certainly after the season he had, you hoped he would be able to be a more consistent performer. I hope we get another chance to see Javon in the playoffs on the Bucks because I'm still a believer. But this was not great tape. Although, again, I'm not going to write him off entirely because he was good early against Boston. So this could literally just be one shooting slump. I don't think he's not a playoffs guy. But he didn't look good in this series, and that has to count for something. For sure. Uh, let's get to a positive. Uh, <laughs> Thank God we're ending on one here. Let's let's end on a positive. No, let's end on my plus three guy, Wes Matthews. No argument from me. Easy plus well, three. I think I think if the series wasn't so embarrassing, it would be plus four. If he was healthy the entire series, the Bucks win that series. I don't know if they win. I don't know if he could even make that big of a difference. I okay, think, yeah, that's fair. Because I, I he'd think, still have Drew freaking Holiday yeah. waving him off on D. I'm upset about it, Todd. I didn't even right mention that in the Drew Holiday section. Wes Matthews is doing an impe- impeccable job defending Jimmy Butler. Drew's like, in the final moments when Miami's catching up, nah, I got this. I got this. You know, I've been getting torched all season. I got 56 put on my head. And I'm uh, Jimmy's pointing to the Jumbotron saying, I own you. Uh, look at the stuff I'm putting on your head. And he's like, nah, I got this. Wes. Wes, this is a redemption arc for me. It's redemption time. And guess what? He just dug himself a bigger grave. That's what he did. He dug the Bucks grave. Drew Holiday did. I'm so upset with Drew Holiday. I get but it. Let, don't, let's don't get into that, the positive. Yeah, don't ruin the West. The West love. Wes Matthews was incredible. This guy is playing on like half half a body at this point. Yeah. Like like half of him his ghost. Uh, but he's still out here, like defending his butt off. 
uh, Bolton, like just whatever stops he needs to being a strong defender against Jimmy Butler. He's hitting sidestep threes in game five. Like his first shot attempt is a sidestep three. And I'm like, Wes Matthews is the Bucks playoff savior. And he's out here just doing whatever needs to be done to win. Four from seven from deep in the series. Two games. Smart defender, smart player. He was shooting the ball really well. He was doing everything you could ask for a guy like Wes to do and more. In two games, in 41 minutes, Wes scored 12 points on impeccable shooting, although he was 0 for 2 from 2. That's fine, Wes. We get it. Three rebounds, one assist, two steals, one block, no turnovers, only three fouls, despite defending Jimmy Butler a lot of that time. Physical defense as well. Yeah, like he was terrific. And I I get why people think he may be retiring um, because all the injuries and I think he's 35 or 36 now. I don't know. I think he might come back. I think he really wants to get one. I hope he comes back to the Bucks. I would gladly take him. You Since, can put him on the shelf for the regular season too, and just save him. For yeah, the playoff. that's what they did. And it, it, he shot. He's over the last two postseasons. So the three series are Bulls, Celtics, Heat. Wes has shot forty-two percent from three for the Bucks. Like he's been a playoff performer the last two years. Um, unfortunately, it hasn't made enough of a difference due to outstanding circumstances around him. But Wes has been there, and to have a guy like that, you can just bring up, and you know he stays ready. He's a huge positive teammate like we've heard marjon rave about him that sort of thing um oh, can't, keep him around for marjon man. yeah can't say enough good things about wes i really hope he comes back and you know both to the nba and to the bucks but at least at least to the league would like to we keep watching wes play such a likable guy so easy to root for was so ready for this series even though us and others kind of just counted him out of the rotation assuming you know these other younger guys would be better they weren't wes was outstanding is the best perimeter defender the Bucks had in this series, the best overall defender the Bucks had in this series, and shot freaking like what 57% from three. Like super small sample, but that like Wes is a guy who steps into the moment and is better at pretty much every time. Uh, you know what a comp is for him that I have? It hmm. might not be the best comp, but it's like late stage Andre Iguodala. A guy who can just stay on the bench, but you know is going to be ready when it comes to the games actually mattering. Yeah, the play style than... couldn't be farther apart offensively, yeah. but... But you you see the vision, right? Yeah, I see the vision. A guy who's used to playing with the core, a guy who you know they can count on and will step up in the playoffs. You don't have to play him much in the regular season, save save his energy. Yeah. Uh, but when it, when, it stays po- when it comes to postseason time, you'll know he'll be ready to go. He... He should win a champ. He's a guy who should have a championship in his career. I hope he can come back and get one. Um, he is that kind of player. I think. I think so too. Let's man. hope he. Let's hope it's next year, man. Yeah. Uh, so the plus three is unanimous. Then where there's no argument. Yes. I think no if, this, argument if they win the series, it would have been a plus four for me. Like I just didn't think giving out a plus four was right. And obviously, he's never going to do too much offensively, but. You know, he gave you what you need from Wes Matthews, given what he does defensively, honestly. Yeah, also played only two games. He missed three games. Like, Yeah. It's just, it's fair. He gritted out. I mean, he came back from another calf injury, cold, and was just like, yeah, I'm the best Jimmy defender on the team, by the way. It's crazy. It's absolutely insane. And he, he deserves his flowers. And I'm glad we can at least give him a plus three on the playoff Where stock market. We, us two, are going to pass down the legend of Wes Matthews via oral history forever. 
Oh, I yeah. Think oh, we're yeah. going to be doing you. We can't let 20, this die. 20 years from now, the Bucks are going to be asked because you pay the honest price. And we're just going to be like, it's a random May podcast. They're eliminated. And we're just like, you know, let's do a Wes you, Matthews pod. You know who would have been great on this pod, on this team? 2020 Wesley Matthews. <laughs> 2020, 2019, 2020, 21, not 21, 22 or 23. Ah, I wish he was there in 21. So bad. Would have been helpful so too. Bad. He would have been so helpful. Oh, man. Can they just give him a ring? I've got a comp. Oh. He's PJ. Oh, man. That's pretty much. Can't guard as big, but better guarding the perimeter and gives you a little more shooting. Doesn't give you the offensive rebounding, but. Yeah, I guess. But I I was saying in terms of like age and staying ready. Yeah. Yeah. PJ plays a lot for sure. PJ starts for the 76ers, which is just crazy. He started yeah. their entire season and when Miami last year. Like, that's crazy. Yeah, it's that's a different – mine was – yeah. You're, Iguodala is more like the role he had on the Bucs this year. For but sure. I think PJ in terms of, like, the play style, like, yeah, yeah. I, I'll, I'll get with that one. Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, we love Wes. Very pro. Oh. Wes Matthews, come on the Eurostep, please. Yeah, we, we're, we're just going to rave about you for, like, Seriously. two hours. Yeah. Like you'll you'll cut off after half an hour because that's all you'll give us. But then we'll just stay on for an hour and a half. Like man, that was awesome. <laughs> Remember when he said this? That was so sick. <laughs> I'm glad we ended on Wes. That was one of the few positive notes. So to sum it up, we had what? Everyone else sucked except <laughs> Wes and Chris and Brooke. We had we had five positives and I think seven negatives. So here's the full positives? list. Um, yes, here's the full list. I'll go through them all. Giannis minus one. Drew a low mark of minus four. Chris plus two. Brooke plus two. Grayson plus two. Pat plus three. Bobby minus one. Ingles minus one. Wes Matthews plus three. Jay Crowder minus three. Javon Carter minus one. The story of the first round for the Miami but Miami Heat. Miami Bucks. God. I, don't, I just fumbled that three different ways. but And then Marjan Thanasis, Myers Leonard, Goran Dragic. So we ended up no, no movements for guys who actually played, which I think is fine. We made decisions. We didn't sit on the fence. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I think it is fair. I mean, like we, there were a bunch of guys who shot well, who did well, who played well. Unfortunately, there were a bunch of other guys who did not play well at all. And that's the story of the series, unfortunately, which yeah. is in the past. Like we're, we've been done for a few days now, Ty. You know what uh, a take I had from this series? What is that? Is that basketball? Everything is pain? No. Everything is pain. Well, yeah. Yes. But uh, and maybe we can end on this as just a thought exercise. And this, I think, will color a lot of our offseason content. I don't think it's that helpful to get a ball handler outside of the core four. Because they don't end up with the ball enough. Because yeah. Drew Christianus do. Like Ingles, despite the lack of athleticism is a better distributor than Drew, obviously flawed because of the athleticism and, and the defense. And then Chris, although Chris Chris gets assists, he just doesn't have a handle. But getting that guy as a role player, because you just you, you don't want to trust your role player to have the ball 40 times in a deciding game, right? Like Drew was a nightmare and obviously should have had the ball less, but it's Drew Holiday. Like you're not, it's hard in the middle of a series to go, yeah, Drew, you're just not going to handle the ball that much anymore. Despite us, you know, flip flopping and now agreeing after the playoffs that he just has not been a good enough playoff point guard. 
he's still on that this team. He's the point guard, and it's just he's going to handle the ball. So I just think you kind of, if you want the offense to go better, unless you find, you know, you have some new system that's just going to enable guys to be better, I think you need a better ball handler in that core four just to justify having the ball that much. Like, it's kind of the same with Bobby. Like, Bobby Portis being an offensive first player, he's not going to get 20 touches a game in late in a playoff series. Like, the value is not going to be there as much. I think they need a better offensive, like, playmaker, ball handler, distributor in the core four who they trust enough to have the ball. Maybe it's Chris, but I've always thought Chris would be a little better off-ball more. Like, I think Giannis even would be a little better off-ball more. They need to get organized. Maybe Drew can help them with that in a system. But I, I just think like, you know, Ingles was fun, played his role, I think, pretty well overall on the whole. But I just think a guy on that level, or even a little higher, is not going to have the ball enough. All I'm taking away from this tie is that we need to get Joe Cronin on the phone. Oh, Dame time? Dame time. Or whatever. What are your thoughts here? We'll we'll do a full pod here. But what's your what's your thoughts on Jalen Green, just quickly? I'm intrigued by it. Um, so I wouldn't, I would hate to give up Chris in that deal. That would hurt if it's Drew and they're interested. Like Drew Harden is like kind of an interesting, I'll, I'll float to, I'll float a, I'll, I'll counter you with another young player. Let's say the Dame is locked in. The Blazers want to build around him. Anthony Simons and stuff for Drew. Get Drew next to Dame. You don't find Simons is intriguing? No. Do you find Green more intriguing? Yes. Yeah, I think I agree. I agree with that. I don't think Portland. Jalen Green's a much better shot maker and shot creator than Anthony Simons. Portland, if Portland had like a better, like, oh, he can start and be an upgrade guy who they could throw in, I'd be more interested. They do. What about? They do. They do, though. Just not a free guard position. Yeah, I know. You're talking about Jeremy Grant. Yeah. 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 He's a free agent. They can't sign and trade for guys. They don't, they won't have the money. Um, no, I, I understand that, but I just wanted to float that. Grant and Simons, I'm thinking about more. I mean, it's you, you downgrade your top end talent, but you get more, more like plus players, and you get younger. Shaden Sharp, younger. by the way, if we're talking Portland, can jump high, but can do nothing else. He's too raw. Like Jalen Green is a little raw, but he's already like a 21 four and four guy. So it's like he's raw. I mean, it's but, horrible efficiency, but he like he has like good shot making quality yeah and he's on the fucking rockets like yeah he would look a lot better playing with Giannis. like i, I see this we how many i just i don't buy this like oh he's just a bad team bat like stats guy yeah he's a guy who can do a lot of good things who's on a bad team like jalen green year two couldn't make a horrible trying to lose bad coach roster win games i'm not gonna write off his career i feel like we've done this too many times Devin booker Remember when Devin Booker was a – he might be the best player in the playoffs right now. Yeah, it's it's, it's and, insane. And like, I'm surprised you didn't give me a reaction there. He's been like 36 points a game on insane efficiency. Oh, I, mean, I can't. Insane. I can't fight you. I can't. I can't fight you on that. Like, no, I absolutely can't fight you on that. He so has been – he might be the best player in the playoffs. Like, um, yeah, And I they just, still might lose in the second round. Yeah, I mean they, they need they need some depth. What, if, what if Phoenix uh, trades for Kevin Durant and gets uh, doesn't get as far as they did last year? Which was game seven of round two. I wouldn't be stunned. I don't think they have. De- I, I just think the Nuggets are a bad matchup for a lot of teams. Like their bench is is your guy. Twitter alerts himself. Bismack Biombo. He's like their and sixth like, most important player. They're Land- in hell. Landry Shamit and like they're praying campaign I- gets back. Who was the worst player in the NBA like three years ago? Probably four or four or five years ago now. But 
Uh, yeah, I mean, I think the Nuggets are thin, but the the Suns are ridiculously thin. Anyway, um, I agree with you on Simons. I, I think Dame is the only Blazer. I don't think that will ever happen, by the way. It would be fun. He tweeted and then unretweeted a, a Giannis Blazers Photoshop, by the way. Yeah, have I don't fun know if you that saw dude. that. Like you, I did. Like you can have your fan fix. Like the yeah. Bucks are not trading Giannis well, to the Trailblazers, and and that's what their folks are saying about Dame too. But back to Jalen Green, not a perfect player. Certainly gives them the kind of things they don't have right now, though. Right, like can handle the ball, can score from all over. Would be one of their best athletes. Like Jalen Green posters people. They don't have that at all. And I I do think. Like my most intriguing archetype, if we're going like star shopping this summer with very limited assets, is someone who you can look at and go, oh, that player Giannis pick and roll is going to break the league. Like that's what I want. And I think Jalen Green could get there. Also, the age is nice. He's 22, I think. So almost too young, but I think because he's good enough now, he's not too young. He's 21. 21. Yeah. So I think he'll be 22 by the start of next year or something. Maybe not even. He, oh. he, his birthday is February 9th, 2002, so, yeah, which not is even insane to until, say. Until the All-Star break. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, God, these guys are 2000 and, But what, what was he last year? Like, like 20, 21, 4-4, four four, I think? More points? He was, he was 22, 4-3, uh, and three, basically. Yeah. Well, 3-7, three, 3-7. Three, three, seven, three, seven, yeah. Just under 4 on both. And I think that situation was a mess. He shot 47% from two on a lot of attempts, 33.8% from three, which isn't great, but the looks are going to be a lot different if you're playing with Giannis Antetokounmpo. Versus... He's, he's, it's two seasons in a row at th- around 34%. Yeah, but on high volume, which I, I like. I, I think that's – and he's around an 80% free throw shooter too, which usually bodes well for guys on shooting threes. I don't know. I, I th- I'm intrigued by that. Like I, I would understand if they if they had to like let's say Chris opts out and says I'm going to the Rockets yeah yeah give me Jalen <laughs> yeah I, I don't imagine you would in that scenario but yeah absolutely yeah what it's about like, Drew you, for Jalen you are giving Rockets up giving the some, pl- you're giving up the plus holiday stuff and getting the minus holiday stuff they're like opposite players yeah you'd have to get some picks from the Rockets mm. you just would I don't think they're doing that though. Because Drew Holiday is a better player. Yeah. I mean, I found it fascinating that they would even talk about trading Jalen Green. Especially after a second. Oh, because they know they're getting James Harden. Yeah. That's crazy to me. I, I that, mean, it's insane. I mean, I think Jalen Green could end up being a superstar. He could. He absolutely and could. It might, I and mean, like, when's the last time like, the Bucks haven't the when's the last time the Bucks had like a top end? Like this guy was the second overall pick two years ago. Yeah. Michael Carter Williams? Yeah, he was only the tenth pick though. Yeah, one rookie oh, wait, of the year. Is though. that right? Yeah, no, he was the first pick. Was no, was he tenth? No, he was not. Yeah, okay. he was Michael Carter. No, he Williams. was not first. Yeah, I know. He that. was the eleventh. Eleventh pick. Yeah, he peaked very early. Yeah. What first about, game? What, literally, what, he peaked when he had that triple double against LeBron. The Heatles. Yeah. This is one I think people hate. I'm very intrigued though. Oh, kind well. of a similar player. Trey Young. I think this is totally on the table. I think totally a possible thing. And I understand. I, it really, if you want to say the opposite, Drew, that, it is, that would be if, they, if the trade is some form of Drew for Trey Young, you are literally getting opposite player. You obviously would need to add some defense to account for Trey Young. 
my God, would the Trey Young Giannis pick and roll be fun? And you can look at Trey's efficiency and say it's not good enough. He doesn't move off ball. All of this stuff. I think his. I think every player's efficiency goes up playing with Giannis. The looks are just going to be different. Also, like imagine Giannis rolling shooters around Trey Young, who is on a bad team, a thirty and ten assist guy. I say yes. I um, absolutely it's, say yes. It would be it, they. They just they'd be an entirely different team overnight. Like we'd never seen anything like this. And if no. Chris is still there, then it's like okay, your offense is suddenly like just ridiculous. Yeah. Then you're just like then you're just a mid defensive team. Then yeah, probably mid to bad. Well, it's like how much can like if 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 Brooks if Brook comes like a, back and he's able yeah, to stay on the Trey, floor. Trey Young, Brook Lopez pick and roll. That's just asking so much for Brook. It is. Oh my God, they, the Bucks would have a lob passer. Oh yeah. Oh my God, they'd have a lob passer. How there. much can you count on Bucks culture to make him not the worst defender in the league? Well, that's, they, that's what it comes unless down to. Unless they're giving him height surgery, it's it's a little difficult. Well, can but you also, give, him, like, can you give him in the weight room? Can he be a little stronger? Yeah, just put him Maybe. on that Giannis weight regimen. Yeah. Like, can you do that? Maybe. Imagine Trey Young just comes back and it looks like the. You ever see Dalton Triggs photoshops of Dwight Powell? Yeah. Like, imagine if Trey Young comes back after an offseason looking like that. He, Giannis, Pat are just in the weight room the whole offseason. <laughs> They <laughs> just come back, and this guy—he looks like he looks like SpongeBob when he puts puts on the fake muscles. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I'm just—I I, don't—I'm—I'm. I'm, I don't want to say I'm totally sold like you did, because I don't—I I feel like I'm—it's too reactionary right now. I want to think more about it, but I am very intrigued by that idea, like of a player yeah. like that who's just like, okay, let's go from a sluggish offense to. A totally wide open offense, like you know, you're able to now, like the, I, I just can't imagine that team would be lower than a top three offense. Can I, can I, can I interest you in one possible sign and trade possibility that might break your brain? Yes, Chris Middleton for the guy that's going to Houston, or Drew Holiday for the guy that's going to Houston. Harden, they just—I don't think they can take a sign and trade. Yeah, I think they're there because they'd be they'd be over Harden's the hard shown he'll take less money though. That's true. I mean, yeah, I would certainly take it. I think even like there's just consensus that Harden is worse now and has declined, which I think is true. Decline Harden is like twenty five and twelve or something. Like would still be a guy who totally opens up the offense. I worry about the playoff stuff a lot. Of course, that's the thing about Trey. I think that's really why I would end up saying yes to Trey, despite the defensive stuff. He's still kind of been a dude in the playoffs overall. Like he's had some great said, moments he, in the playoffs. Like look at the look at his last playoff, like his second pushed to last Boston playoff game. This, yeah, six. they did push Boston. They almost went to seven. Yeah, and Dejounte was bad in that series too. He like, was he so bad. He was so bad. Game six in, or so, excuse me, uh, was it game five? Yeah, game five in Boston. And this Dejounte Murray is suspended because he's just being dumb. Yeah. And then, like, Trey Young comes out here and is doing really, really well. Comes out here down one. Hits a 40-footer yeah. to, to take the lead. Like, the Bucks do not have a guy who does that. This playoffs against Boston, maybe the best defensive team left in the playoffs, probably as the best guard defenders in the playoffs between Marcus Smart and Derek White. Like, that is – I think Boston is the team best equipped to pressure 
point guards. Trey Young, 29, 10 assists. 40% from the field because he was only 33% from three, 44% from two. So not elite efficiency. Guess what? The Bucks guards are not usually elite efficiency guys in the playoffs either. And they're not putting up 29 points in 10 assists. No. Trey and Giannis would be a blast. And he's like 24. Trey and Giannis would be like explosive. The, the and he, age he fits thing the is perfect. Yeah. yeah. We're getting ahead of ourselves. We're getting ahead way ahead of ourselves. Side. It's way yeah. too early. But they put out there that they might trade him before the play-in games. And he went out and kind of hooped in those games, which I think is promising. I like Trey. He did. I like Trey. Ice Trey. You definitely want to keep Javon if you get Trey Young. Like, you're going to need oh, some yeah. guard you need defense. To, you need to keep Javon. <laughs> <laughs> Probably uh, need to do ju- some It's offense. Javon's choice, right? It's a player option. Yeah. Or, or, or just where he wants to sign and everything else. They can... We have to, we'll do a bunch of more like full detailed offseason pods. Like they can give him the Bobby deal basically if they want to. I don't know if you know we're gonna see that that level of deal. Um, but let us know uh, what kind of coverage you folks are looking for. I mean, we have a lot of ideas. We're gonna we're gonna keep coming at least one pod a week here at the Eurostep Monday Eurosteps. You all know to expect that. Um, but if there's anything you're really wondering about, should we dive in deeper on some of these candidates already? Is there anything else more pressing? Um, let us know. Let us know on Repod, the number one podcasting platform here at GSPN. Download Repod on the App Store or find the link to our specific podcast pages at gspn.info. But we're always looking for feedback, especially in the offseason. Probably probably have to do a mailbag here soon, Rohan. I think – I don't know where everyone is God, at. Yeah, we're right in the offseason. <laughs> yeah, we're totally in the offseason. Oh, man. this is gonna, It's going to be a longer offseason than usual too. It's – uh. So what it's, happens when you lose in the first round? Uh, well, we got four months until Giannis is at Eurobasket, and which they're in the same group as Team USA. So if Giannis s- plays in uh, in the World Cup, we're gonna. Did you say Eurobasket? Yeah, sorry, I keep doing that. It's World Cup. I know. Yeah, they just did uh, Eurobasket. Yeah, yeah. So if Giannis plays in the World Cup, which all indications are that he will. We're going to get Giannis versus Team USA. We might see Giannis versus Chris. That's what I was going to say. We might get Giannis Chris. Or Giannis versus Drew. Yeah. Giannis might just like hunt Drew Holiday on defense and be like, that's how it feels, my guy. (laughs) I own you. I own you. Okay. I'm glad we got a Sophie cameo. Sophie's back. Yeah. And if you're not on YouTube racking up this uh, this absolutely wonderful Sophie content, make sure you subscribe at Eurostep Podcast Network on YouTube. Uh, make sure you subscribe wherever you're listening to this podcast platform of choice or like I mentioned on YouTube. Make sure you leave a five-star rating on your podcast platform of choice. Check out gspn.info for all of our links. Find Cruising for Bruising, Talk to the Tundra, Make Time for This, all of that fun stuff. Substack, Jordan's been writing on the Substack. Jordan said he's going to write a lot. So I'm excited to read all of what he has to say about the Bucks and I think some Packers. Some yeah. Packers ink coming from Jordan too, so... I, I'm going to have to dip the pen again soon as well. But right Ooh. now, Jordan's our, our Substack All-Star. Eugene does some good yeah, writing Eugene there, too. too. Yeah, Eugene, yeah. too. Yeah. So if you want to get all that, uh, check it out. The link is at gspn.info. As long, uh, our merch store is there as well. A Discord yep. link. Playback link. We might do some fun playbacks in the offseason. Yep. Uh, we'll let us know what you want to see, like Ty mentioned earlier. But, uh, yeah, pod random, and we will talk to you next time.